Hello, Princeton. It is uh, an honor and a joy uh, to be with you here as we continue our live speaking engagement tour of America's Most Evil Institutions. Uh, a little bit after this, we'll be uh, headlining the Bildenberger Group Annual Conference and then uh, Bohemian Grove at their uh, next really satanic orgy. Yeah. So, uh, cremating more than care, if you know what I mean. We are here tonight to uh, talk about debate. And maybe do even a little debating of our own. And hopefully by the end of the night, we will have resolved once and for all that uh, debating is stupid and a waste of time. But before we do, thank you. But before we do, um, my co-hosts, Matt and Virgil, uh, got here yesterday and was able to spend some time on this uh, historic, lovely campus uh, here in Princeton. So that's right. What do you guys what do you guys think? It's great. I mean, somebody, somebody had the bright idea, what if we made the entire school out of the skull and bones? <laughs> what, what if literally every building looked like it had a dungeon in the basement where they do eldritch rituals? We, when we uh, first landed at the campus and we were walking around, our kind host Justin was showing us around, pointing out all of these massive, gorgeous mansions and saying, yes, this was purchased by the Klan in 1870. Uh, this is where, this is the new Klan house for the current Klan now. Uh, oh, and here's the Proud Boy Dinner Club. Yes, that's at eating clubs. I'm sorry, eating sir. Not a, not a dinner club, an eating club. Only j- uh, regular, just, just the hoi polloi eat dinner. Uh, only, only real gentlemen uh, have, an in, have an eating. You don't so, have a dinner, you have an eating. So it's all for all the meals, are the eating clubs. I guess, yeah. So these are like you, the fraternities that they have here, yeah. are, are eating clubs, societies you know, built around food, like a Weight Watchers type deal. Yeah. And they, there's what, uh, something we noticed as we walked around this, you know, the main drag, you know, which is usually like a college town where there's like bars where you get... You know, pictures of cheap beer, yeah. and you discuss uh, philosophy, right. have debates. You know, uh, over. Uh, you know, I was maybe you excited. don't actually go to the college, and you and you go and you you show up some college boy because you've read more books, that kind of thing. Exactly. I wanted to ask somebody if they liked apples, but there aren't any of those bars. There are no bars. There's no bars. All the alcoholic consumption takes place in the fuck the dinner clubs, what eating clubs, whatever. Well, the thing is, is it's it's, it's hard to. Get drunk uh, at a bar because most of them don't have room for the, the statue of Mammon, which is a part of all drinking rituals that have, take place at Princeton. Uh, how are we? How are we going to get uh, the eight foot tall uh, wooden owl that yeah. we all ritually masturbate onto? Uh, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it really is a uh, <laughs> you know a testament to just how elitist uh, this university is that you have to do the, you know, jacking off onto Geronimo's bones or whatever just to eat dinner or have a fucking beer. What if hey, you're just hungry? Hey, wait a second. Uh, my man in the front row eating noodles. He knows. <laughs> he knows. He's eating noodles because he knows. All right. Sir, this is not an eating club. <laughs> We're not authorized to eat in this building. Who's your commanding grand wizard? The, ba- <laughs> the bailiff will be called. You'll be tased into incontinence. So uh, the, the other thing was, was our, our friend was like, you know, just showing us a couple of the, the buildings on campus. And, you know, this is the well, well, Woodrow Wilson School of Public Policy. This is where all the people who end up running the CIA and the State Department, like right out of college where they come from. And it occurred to me that 
the ruling class, you know, you know in, in, the, in, in this country, spends their early 20s, by and large, in this freak fucking city with no real bars where you have to, you know, there's a, a series of bizarre rules you've got to summon Azathoth uh, just to play beer pong or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is what they grow up thinking is normal. Like, oh, this is great. Yeah. It's like... They hang around regular people, and they're like, I remember getting hammered at, at, at Squeaky's every Saturday night. And they're like, yeah, man, every fucking night before we played Harvard, we'd all take rounds of shots out of the mason jar with Rasputin's penis in it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, overall, uh, you know, uh, enjoyed this uh, baffling university that's yeah. like the you know no fun zone yes. you're entering well that's the thing that's what i like about it because it leans into it it's like a wrestling heel it's like we're princeton we are the awful we, we're every horrible thing you can imagine that's being bubble being created in cauldrons in every one of these rooms you can see little curls of evil smoke rising out of the chimney of every one of these buildings there's no yeah we're, we're keeping you unsafe we're keeping you miserable. And, and I like that. There's no smiley face bullshit where it's like, hey, everybody, we're, we're all going to, you know, we're all going to be inclusive. Nope. Nope. We're <laughs> sacrificing people in every one of these buildings. <laughs> we, were also, we were also filled in a little bit on the, the local campus controversies. I'm told free speech is an issue here. And I was relieved to hear that your, your president, I don't care what the name is. I'm not even going to say it so you can hiss. Dean Wormer. Whatever. <laughs> the dean. Yeah, the dean, you know, the hated dean, is on the side of free speech and has declared Princeton a 100% free speech university. Hell yes. Every language is allowed during incantations. <laughs> Aramaic, Latin, whatever you want, Sanskrit. I, uh, I exercised some free speech of my uh, self coming in here tonight. I got here today, so like this is, I, I just got here. And one of the first things I saw on, on campus was some really good ass free speech. It was um, a forum on, you know, what to do about the opioid crisis sponsored by the American Enterprise Institute. <laughs> and I did some good ass free speech by just crumpling up that shit and throwing it in the garbage. As, you know, you know anyone should do when they see something endorsed by the American Enterprise Institute. You, you know? idiot. Now I we're not going to know my, what to do. <laughs> I fully support my free speech to deface their, um, you know, flyers. And now, but now we're never going to figure out the opioid crisis now, thanks to you. <laughs> People aren't going to get together with the American Enterprise Institute and realize, hey, you know this massive social upheaval and, and spiritual death caused by renegade capitalism? How about we just do more of that? Uh, how about, yeah, just, I'm, I'm guessing their solution for it will be like, uh, execute drug dealers and ban, uh, rap music where they talk about drinking cough medicine and do that slow-mo shit. I, yeah, like I said, I got here today, um, you know, pulled up to the hotel. Everything's, you know, we've been very graciously hosted here, uh, by the debate society who invited us. Uh, we get to the hotel, they sent a car for me. That was wonderful. Uh, we get there and they say... Uh, sorry, there's a problem with the credit card. It's gone over the limit. So I was like, oh, no problem. I'll pay for this out of my own pocket. So enjoy this event tonight. It'll be the last time I'm ever performing at a shabby institution like Princeton who uh, can't get its shit together and is uh, making the me The Yelp review from, is yeah. going to be scathing. <laughs> some, some captain of industry is going to be trying to figure out where to send his idiot kid, and he's going to go to the Yelp page of Princeton, and it's not going to look good. So, uh, you know, we mentioned all of the uh, evil occult shit that I assume is happening here, like, all the time, even right now as we speak, and probably in this room. I mean, probably... All these slave owners come to life after the <laughs> lights are off. 
Night at the Holocaust Museum. <laughs> but of course, you know, as we've uh, inexplicably are invited to Ivy League institutions, starting with Harvard, then you guys are given a fucking award by Yale. Yes. yes. Still you mad about that. Bullshit. Still you mad about that. Bull they did not give Matt shit. or I an award at all. Yeah, we did just as much comedy in 2017 <laughs> as you did. Yeah, sure. but not enough. <laughs> Um, and then we did a show in New Haven, and at both Harvard and New Haven, we did a countdown of the most evil alumni of those storied institutions. And now, here at Princeton, I mean, this is like a really easy bit for us to do, because you just Google most famous Princeton alum. <laughs> and holy shit. Honestly. Like, we started with Harvard... And then we did Yale, and I was like, I'm, I, Yale actually, I thought, kind of blew Harvard out of the water for how fucking bad. It was bad, but It was honestly, bad, but we've got some doozies here for you tonight. Princeton is like to the 27 through. Yankees <laughs> uh, in terms of evil alumni. It's incredibly impressive. Yeah, the mass murderer's row. Oh, my God. <laughs> Very good. So let's, let's do like, you know, this is a, this is a we'll do a brief rundown, brief run through, through Princeton's most evil. And we got to start right off the bat with a man whose portrait is right there in beautiful gold framing, Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson, in my opinion, easily one of the worst presidents in American history. Really? And um, like as tribute to Woodrow, for the next uh, four hours, we will all be watching Birth of a Nation. Why don't we just... <laughs> Pull back these curtains here and roll that beautiful movie. It's, it's like history written in lightning. History folks. written in lightning. Come folks. on, really? One of the you one of the worst. That's interesting. He was a two termer. Count the rings. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you know what? Give him credit because he had that stroke at the end of his second term, and he allowed his wife Edith Wilson to basically be president for a year, which was a very early example of girl power. And I think we should give him credit for that. Um. So yeah, Woodrow Wilson. What, what are what, what's what, you know? What are some of the things on uh, his roster of hits? You know, you got getting America involved in World War One. That was a winner. Yeah. That was a big that winner. Well campaigning saying he would not. Hey, it was the war that ended all wars. <laughs> what are you gonna say? I don't know. Just one more, and then it's done. <laughs> yeah, you know, in, in a in a war where they're like literally as close as you could get to like just atrocious, blood-soaked, evil empires fighting each other for more control over their awful, disgusting colonial holdings. It's just like, uh, yeah, we've we got to make sure England wins this one. It's really important. I just like, they're watching these two lines of trenches not move for four years while bodies just slowly <laughs> stack up in front of them, and they're like, we got to get in on this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, you know, made sure... Uh, England and France prevailed in World War One, and then, of course, uh, allowed them to do the Treaty of Versailles, which again worked that was a out real spectacularly. Yeah, and uh, set the stage for a war in which you know I think closest, as you could say, could fairly be argued there was a, a bad guy. In. Yeah, so it allowed us the opportunity to be heroic as a nation once more. Yeah, so I guess that's kind of good. Yeah. League of Nations, hey. also good. Alien and Sedition Acts as well. Uh, espionage acts. Esp alien yeah. espionage acts. Yeah, um, good stuff. Uh, resegregating the federal government. That was a good one. Uh, Ooh, the Federal Reserve. Uh, well, that's the one. Uh, and honestly, if you guys want to know more about the beast from Jekyll Island, I've got some pamphlets after the show. Uh, you might want to get a certain colored pill to find out about uh, reserve banking and uh, what it means. 
Uh, and the federal income tax, too. So, holy shit. Well, I count the Federal Reserve as one of the good things he did. Because they invented putting the Illuminati pyra- uh, pyramids everywhere, which gives people nowadays like something fun to do. Just seeing Illuminati symbols and Cardi B videos and shit. And then posting on the internet. Uh, they were also the people who made sure that when they minted the new $20 bills, that they would include, as like a mad magazine fold-in kind of way, uh, images of the burning Twin Towers, which would happen in about 100 years. Yeah. They knew to make sure to include that little Easter egg for the, all the true heads and fans Yeah, they want to they make things fun for you. You and know, hey, you're not going to be able to control anything because we have this oligarchical control uh, over everything, but you want to have fun with it. Also, by the way, and this is an aside, Matt has been following this story hmm. very, very closely hmm. for the past day. How cool was it yesterday at George H.W. Bush's funeral when Trump got the go code locked the doors of the National Cathedral, and then sent in special ops guys rappelling from the rooftop to uh, put black bags over the heads of Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and John Podesta, and all of the deep state guys, uh, finally putting an end to the, uh, to the deep state fulfilling cues. I got to say, I, I was watching it, and it was pretty boring, but then when Alex Jones burst out of the coffin dual-wielding Uzis and took out the Supreme Court, I was like, shit. This is enter- more entertaining than I thought it would be. No, yeah, I- uh, Woodrow Wilson uh, broke. Uh, George W. Bush did 9-11. Woke. Woodrow Wilson did 9-11. Yeah. Butterfly effect. Uh, moving on. This next one is probably one of the most powerful and evil people in the world alive right, day, right now. You know him as some guy who uh, gets you all the stuff you want when you want it. It's Jeff Bezos, everybody. Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon and, I don't know, richest man in the world. Literally Lex Luthor. <laughs> like, actually, leaning into it, the arch villain of, uh, and nemesis of, Spider, of Superman. Like, the guy who says, Superman, I hate that guy. That's him. Jeff Bezos. Uh, Felix has said that Jeff Bezos is one of the only uh, middle, like, sort of upper middle-aged American men who knows how to do steroids correctly. <laughs> He is Felix ripped. is actually very impressed with whatever gear Jeff oh, yeah. Bezos is I, on. I'm sure it's tough for the guy with a $500 billion to get the right steroid <laughs> just so that he can be weirdly jacked when he's in his 50s. Um, yeah, no, he's the guy who will literally own everyone in this room within the next five years. You will all be some, you will be some cog in the great Amazon empire. You'll be he, some part of it. I think he's earned it through his ingenuity. I think the free market has rewarded him. For inventing this amazing idea of uh, mailing shit, when he, when a young Jeff Bezos in 1992 called the post office and found out that, oh wait, uh, you have to mail whatever I tell you to mail. I just have to give you money. Okay, I got, I got an idea here. He's uh, will be soon to be opening a uh, fulfillment and uh, debt peonage center near you sometime soon. Uh, you know, also on Amazon, uh, there was a poll released recently that polled Democrats and Republicans as to like what their most trust, the most trusted institutions in American life are. For Republicans, obviously, number one was the military. For Democrats, they only sh- shamefully came in at number three. Boo. But for I Democrats, the number one most trusted institution in America is Amazon. Yeah, that's that's good. So, which really that's makes a healthy me think, political like, I, culture I, we have going. I have said that like I like. Like with Trump being president, like I really think Trump has made liberals ready for just like a military coup. 
And then if a general just came on TV tomorrow and was like, I am the state now, we are going to like, there is no more government. I am the state. But Amazon is now in charge of like administering all social services and like domestic politics in America. I think most people would be fine with it. Oh, God. Yeah. They'd be like, finally, the adults are in charge. <laughs> At least he's an actual billionaire. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this next one, and I've made, like, asterisks on these people next to the ones who are actually in the Princeton Debate Society. Like, they get, they're worth twice as much evil. That reminds me, just, just a quick show of hands I forgot to ask earlier. Any actual wigs in the audience? Or are you just fakers? You're full of shit. Okay, fine. The principles of Henry Clay mean nothing to you. All right, that's fine. Whatever. Okay. Daniel Webster's spinning in his fucking grave. This guy gets double it's the American system for God's sakes. This guy gets double points for being a member of the Princeton Debate Society, but he's someone we all know and love. It's Ted Cruz, everybody. Ted Cruz, the senator from Texas, and really one of the all stars of the Princeton Debate Society. This is where this guy really made his bones as an unbearable, pedantic piece of shit, loathed by everyone around him. How long did it take you guys to get the slime trails off of the floor in this building after he left? Also, by the way, how does anyone join this organization after Ted Cruz has been in it? It's like, doesn't that kind of tell you, like, no. Ted Cruz was part of this thing. That should just let you know that this is not a viable institution. But Ted Cruz is probably like the American, the figure in American public life that has gone the farthest and done the most with like being a debate team kid. Yeah. Like he's really like lived and inhabited that role. Yeah. To an amazing degree. And he is the embodiment of the promise and limitations of that. Because, yes, he got to the precipice of the presidency on the, on the, the anti-charisma of being an awful debate kid. But then he showed up to debate the greatest debate of his life and he was confronted with the senescent globular form of Donald Trump a man who perpetually thinks it's 1985 yeah. uh, and that he and that everyone he's talking to is uh, is the mom from uh, uh, Valerie's family and he's trying to pick her pick her up just destroyed him in the debates. Yeah, Annihilated. You could, you could imagine Ted Cruz backstage at the Republican presidential debates when it's almost just head to head with him and Donald Trump just thinking, I, I got this in the bag. All right, Teddy. There's you know, so many fallacies. Hand and just, you know, slicking his hair back. I'm going to point out all the no true Scotsmans, all the ad homs. Uh, yep. We'll all see how bad he looks now. I'm going to crush him as long as some of the congealed plasma that's inside my human form doesn't ooze out of my mouth and just sit there on my lip. If Oops, too bad that, that happened. Yeah. I know the Princeton debate team uh, was where we got the incredible uh, anecdote about Ted Cruz's college days is that when they would go on the road, you know, to debate other schools, you know, that, that's real. That's when the hijinks really happen, you know, road trip, everybody. That's when he would be in a van with the other debate team guys and spend four hours singing along to the Les Mis soundtrack. Just imagine being in that car. Imagine being in that car with him and Felix. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> when, when Felix heard that, he was just like, oh, this guy's, this guy's pimp. I like Ted Cruz now. <laughs> Little known fact, I guess. I mean, if you're a true head, true heads know Felix loves Les Mis more than almost any other piece of art ever created. He's fact, read, it's the only piece of exactly. art ever created. He's <laughs> seen one movie, he's read one book, and he's watched one musical. Isn't it, you know, isn't, isn't 2016 just Ted Cruz, the ultimate debate nerd champ, 
uh, just getting humiliated by a guy telling rambling stories about the New York Observer parties <laughs> and how they were better in 1983. Uh, just getting humiliated, losing by landslide. Uh, th- like, how do you continue to debate after that? Yeah. Like, how do you continue to have a debate society? You like, should pack he, it in at that point. He basically walked into a nursing home and, like, tried to run for, you know, the, 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 the resident counsel or something against a guy who was sundowning and hadn't had his pills in three weeks and got annihilated. And then he continues thinking, no, this is going to work. But how did Trump beat him? How did Trump beat all of the debate nerds that make up the mid-2016 Republican field? He did it through childish invective and insult, which is good and what we are here to defend as the true form of conquering an opponent yes. in, in an intellectual test yes. of wits. Facts, schmacks. We will, we will get to that in a second, but uh, I w- we got to get through the rest of this list. These next guys, this is a, this is a, these guys, is a, you get one and the other for free. Honestly, I got to say, between these two guys may actually be like in the conversation for most evil people in American history. Honestly, yeah. Or like in terms in of the, the actual like malfe- like the actual like malfeasance that they've wrought upon the world. The structures that they created that have persisted into our lives and make it the nightmare it is. The Dulles brothers. God Alan damn. And John, both of them. Both of them went Jesus here. Jesus Christ. Just like the amount of uh, democracies that have been overthrown, yep. and, uh, but like just at their behest alone, yeah, and the, just the sheer level of like their evil is staggering. It's amazing, and they, they 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 it's like they fucking landed here on a meteor and just cracked open, and then they were like, "I'll I'll be enrolling, sir," and they're like, "Here you go, you you we like the cut of your jib. You smell like brimstone." Also, I come on, go into the same college as your brother. Like, live your own life. <laughs> uh, next up, we have uh, General David Betrayus. Mm. Remember that, folks? General David Betrayus. General David Betrayus. Um, you know, would be a more consequential and evil figure had he not hilariously flunked <laughs> out of public life by uh, fucking his biographer. Well, he wanted the book to be good. <laughs> no, he was the uh, the counterinsurgency genius that, uh, yep. you know, the surge worked and it worked again in Afghanistan. And those things aren't problems anymore. So his also his downfall was caused by this this doyen of the uh, Tampa, Florida social scene. This is des- random desperate housewife who spilled the beans on all the corny crap he was doing. Yeah, he was a CIA director at that point. That was the degree of his trade craft. <laughs> a woman who's like blitzed on Chardonnay by 2 p.m. was able to d- dismantle his entire career. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, Meg Whitman. Remember yes. her? What was the company she was CEO of? Hewlett Packard. And she has some amazingly hilarious fail son, too. That's all I remember about Meg Whitman. Uh, no, she spent like $100 million to not become governor of California. That's sort of what she's most known for. Uh, did she also drive HP into the ground? Yes. She's hilarious. She is just the classic thing of when you're in the corporate. It's like being a head coach in the NFL. You can never fall below that level again, no matter how bad uh, you are. Let me look it up on my HP Phone 7X. <laughs> uh, next up, this guy's another uh, gets, a, gets a star or a bullet, if you will, because he was also <laughs> on the Princeton debate team. John F. Kennedy. JFK, <laughs> who apparently, I mean, he only went here for a year before he went to Harvard. Well, that was the one year in the 50s when Princeton was trying out allowing Irish <laughs> to attend. And it didn't, it didn't work out. But uh, JFK was part of the debate society. And apparently, I looked into this, he was undefeated 
in every debate he ever had until he faced the question, which he ultimately finally took an L on, is it okay to have the same mistress as Sam Giancana? And he lost that one. Yeah, he, he won every debate because backstage of every one, there were just two Irish bootleggers with machine guns paid by his dad. <laughs> yeah, no, J- yeah. JFK won every debate the same way that Billy Madison won every spelling day. <laughs> uh, next up, also a debate team nerd, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito. Ooh. Samuel Alito. Just think about all the fun things he's going to do to the American law and society over the next, as long as everyone in this room will be alive, probably. Yeah, his head will be in a jar, uh, figuring out like new species to allow the death penalty to. It's like we will meet aliens, and he'll write an opinion about how they are subject to execution. Because that's the thing about Alito: the only thing he actually cares about is the death penalty and maintaining it. And that's true. Those are the only opinions where he authors them, and where he actually kind of gets that uh, that kind of Scalia anger is about defending the death penalty. He's an absolute psychopath. Um, I, of course, am uh, opposed to capital punishment. Uh, however, I'm now actually for it because this next alum is a Donald Rumsfeld. God damn you people. What the fuck? Donald Rumsfeld. Jesus folks. Christ. Secretary of Defense. The, probably one of the best memo writers of all time. Absolutely. Uh, uh, hey, uh, uh, look into the Pakistan situation. Also, North Korea is not looking too good. <laughs> Let me know by tomorrow. Uh, he's one of those. Uh, he, he loves getting his steps in, though. He yeah, does. He's a 10,000 step a day guy. Loves getting those steps in. Big standing desk proponent. And then when the Abu Ghraib prison scandal broke, he said, what's the big deal? I stand for 10 hours a day. Uh, excuse me. He was just trying to prevent obesity in the prison population. <laughs> It's like Michelle Obama. She does that, and it's okay. Yeah, yeah, double standard. Double standard. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, what more do you need to say about Rumsfeld? You know, one of the main architects of the Iraq War. Uh, he put about a million bodies in his fucking, uh, you know, yeah. lost column. But he had uh, those. He had hilarious the, quotes. Also, like a genuinely, like, sort of deranged, sort of like his skull-like smile and deranged grimace. My favorite thing about Rumsfeld is that when he was out of government in the 80s, Rand Corporation would have a, a war game simulations uh, involving the potent, uh, 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 sort of a crisis with the Soviet Union, seeing like, what would happen if like, there was sort of a nuclear brinksmanship situation, and they would bring in all these former government people to play different parts. And Rumsfeld would play the president. And he wanted to be the president. And every time Rumsfeld played the president, the war game ended with thermonuclear war. <laughs> Next up, here's a guy who's in the news quite a bit uh, recently. Uh, Robert Mueller. Mm. Robert Mueller, the guy who's going to save us all. It's almost Mueller myths. He's going he's gonna to do Any it. Any day now. I believe he's, in it. He's he, he about to do it. I mean, he would. I think he would have done it if Donald Trump was only... A teenage Muslim. He might have pulled it off. But unfortunately, he is a fully grown white man, so What's that's going to be problematic. interesting is uh, going to Princeton, Princeton was young Robert Mueller's first experience with the deep state and its rituals and its weirdness, its supper clubs. And, you know, he came here from, uh, I don't know, Kansas or whatever. And he, he, he saw how, how just weird and irregular this was there are no bars and he realized oh i've got to take this down 
through a multi-year plan involving a, a reality television star. Also, reality television is a thing that will exist in the future. People will be famous just for being famous because he knew that because he read uh, Andy Warhol. And he would, he would leave clues everywhere uh, in the form of a man named Q. And this would culminate in the arrest of all the criminals, which we saw last night. Next up, we have Steve Forbes. God, I loved that guy so much. Steve Forbes, Forbes Magazine. I, he must have watched Trump getting elected with just like, why? Why not me? He was the original. He was like the billionaire guy. Yeah. And that's the thing is these guys don't realize it's not being a billionaire. It's being a famous person. And people saw Steve Forbes and he just looked like a goggly eyed freak. He did not. He did not pop. He did not have charisma. No. Although he did host Saturday Night Live once. And I recommend looking that up because it is some of the most cringe-inducing television ever put to film. It's amazing. Oh, it, was, it was a good episode. Let's go ahead. Who was the musical guest for that? It was something really weird. I don't know. Uh, fine it? Young Cannibals? Stop it talking w- about Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, folks? She's got Kuro. <laughs> Smash Mouth? Was it Smash Mouth? No, it was like Rage Against the Machine or something weird like that. I think it was Rage. I yeah, think you're right. It was right? Rage Against the Machine. That's very funny. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Forbes was, yeah, Forbes is George Will's, like, ideal candidate. Like, finally, an alpha male who's going to talk about the flat tax. Yeah. Look out, Pat Buchanan. Finally, we have uh, Bush family consigliere James Baker, Mm. a real sort of power broker. And he's, like, one of those really successfully evil guys because, like, all of the most evil shit he's done, you probably never know about. Yeah, he is. He's the, not a flashy, uh, yeah. like Donald Rumsfeld, evil type of guy. No. He's a come to work every day, lunch pail, mass murderer. Yeah. No, he's the Tom Hagen to the Bush crime family. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, we have to round this out with actually a few of the good people who went to Princeton. And that is the Cohen brothers and the Menendez brothers. <laughs> Both went to Princeton. But I suppose if you take on one side of the scale, the Dulles brothers, Ted Cruz, Woodrow Wilson, Donald Rumsfeld, uh, JFK, Samuel Alito, George Will, and probably a million other people who went on to do crimes for the CIA that we'll never fucking know about. And then put the Coen brothers in their canon of films on the other side. You know what? It's pretty much a wash. Yeah. Did you guys see Buster Scruggs? It's really good. It was fucking amazing. It's really good. I could not believe how yeah. good it they, they're they untouchable. They broke the Netflix. They're, they're untouchable. They're amazing. Not a lot of women on that list. <laughs> Interestingly, because correct me if I'm wrong, but Princeton was the last Ivy to admit women at the year 1983. 75? Oh. Mm. You heard it. You heard it. 1983. (laughs) 1983. Reminder, who has the fucking microphones right now? So that that is our brief rundown of the most evil people who have attended Princeton, but just know many, many, many more of them just all went on to work for the CIA and we'll never know their names or the heroic deeds they did, um, you know, arming the Contras in Nicaragua or, you know, doing a genocide in Guatemala or Iran or, you know, it's just they're heroes whose work will be unsung. And also, I know that list is intimidating because those are some real legends, but I believe that anyone in this room, if they work hard enough, can end up on that list. So... Of course, we are here uh, for the debate society, so I think we should move into the debate portion of this evening. And to do that, I'm going to have to put on my debating robe because I will be moderating. If he can get it on. Yeah, here we go. Mm. Oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yay. I call this trap house to order. Now, a big part of debates and a big uh, running joke on our show is the idea of 
logical fallacies. They are every pedant's most favored and cherished thing to invoke. Before we get into the debate, I'd like to now go through some of the most common logical fallacies, and I'm going to explain to you why they are, in fact, not fallacies at all, but the important, vital, and crucial tools that you must use when owning someone, roasting them, or making them look foolish. Logical fallacies are something nerds invented so that they can say time out in the, in the middle of them being uh, having their ass kicked. It is their get-out-of-jail-free card for being exposed as uh, foolish and absurd. The most famous of these is the ad hominem fallacy. Mm. That is, of course, when people think... I'm just going to say... I'm just reading here. It says, when people think of arguments, often their first thought is of shouting matches riddled with personal attacks. Yes. Hell yeah. As, as, as it should be. Yes. As right. it should be. As God intended. Ironically, personal attacks run contrary to rational arguments. Mm. In logic and rhetoric, personal attacks are called ad hominem. Personal attacks are called ad hominem is Latin for against the man. It's against the man. Instead of advancing no, good sound reasoning, ad, yeah, we, we should all be against the man. Come on. Uh, ad hominem replaces logical argumentation with attack language unrelated to the truth of the matter. This is the most important logical fallacy that we must rescue. Yes. We must rescue the vital importance of ad hominem in debate because I would submit to you there is nothing more important when assessing the value of an argument than the character of the person advancing it. And there's nothing cooler than making fun of them <laughs> and funnier also. Like so, what's funnier, logic, like saying someone un- pointing out someone's faulty premises or pointing out how their nose looks like a rotten banana? Yeah, Wilder Vol- uh, 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 Wilmer Valderrama. The guy from that 70s show? That 70s yes, show. He, held a de- he had a debating show on MTV. <laughs> <laughs> that employed the ad hominem frequently, in fact. But yeah, like the ad hominem is a way to get out of being made fun of. Yeah. And if you can make fun of someone correctly and you can get people to laugh at them, then you have defeated their argument. No one wants to agree Logic with a dork. Damned. Yeah. And again, like, and, and the people uh, who are advancing, you know, the, 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 oh, this is an ad hominem, are all insufferable people. And they must be exposed. And no good argument can come out of awful, pedantic dorks. Yeah. I mean, Ted Cruz's example, Ted, number exactly. one. Ted Cruz, who's president right now? <laughs> uh, yeah. How did, how did Al Gore and John Kerry do? The master debate guys against yeah, Bush. Exactly. The next uh, most famous one is the straw man. It says it is much easier to defeat your opponent's argument when it's made of straw. Yeah, I agree. So, do that. so you have to make your opponent's argument yeah. into straw. It's easier. Why would you make it harder for yourself? That's stupid. Yeah, like why do you have to take their position seriously? Yeah. Why can't you, caric- you know, caricature it? Just say whatever you want. You could do that. It's free speech, right? That's what that means. This is a free speech campus. Yeah, which means you could make anyone's argument into anything you want. It rules. Uh, I prefer use of the, uh, the wicker man strategy <laughs> in which you literally put your debate opponent in a giant wooden man, mm. set it on fire as a sacrifice for a bountiful harvest next year. Yeah. Third logical fallacy is appeal to ignorance, or in Latin, argumentum ad ignorantium. I wish they would stop doing these things in, in Latin. I like it. It's charming. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a Harry Potter language. Anytime ignorance is used as a major premise in support of an argument, it's liable to be fallacious, to be a fallacious appeal to ignorance. 
Naturally, we are all ignorant of many things, but it is cheap and manipulative to allow this unfortunate aspect of the human condition to do most uh, of our heavy lifting in the argument. Uh, you know, once again, ignorant? it's easier to do that. You know, if people don't ignorant? know stuff, you fill the gaps. It's easy. You know, it sounds ignorant. Whoever wrote that, yeah, dumbass. False dilemma, false like dichotomy. The fa- fal- both cool. Yeah. This is also known as the black and white fallacy, or the either or, either or fallacy, or the bifurcation fallacy. No, this is good. If you can get your opponent to be like, uh, either your argument is right, or you're saying that um, there are certain races that are inferior to yours. Yeah. If you can get them in that box where they have to either choose between those two premises, then they're fucked. Yeah. You've got them. Now, you here's them. a pro-level debate move. You, you force your opponent to acknowledge that if they are right and they win the debate, their mom also dies. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dilemma. So they have to decide, do they want to win and their mom die, or do they want a mom who's alive? Yeah. Also, that's the only way to debate if you ever find yourself captured by a super intelligent robot is to give them a logical contradiction to make their head start smoking. Circular argument, when a person's argument is just repeating what they have assumed beforehand. It's not arriving at any new conclusion. To which I have to say, logical fallacies are stupid, and so is debate. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Easy. Yeah. Again, uh, what you else know, do you need? There I you mean, go. To, to advance a new point, logical fallacies are for nerds and stupid, and so is debate. Yeah, there's a reason why the Greeks believed that the circle was the best shape. Yeah, because it's it's efficient. It is the most Just efficient circle. Just go around. There you go. Done. Just take a left turn all the way, and Easy. then you're back. Logical fallacies are stupid for nerds, and so is debate. Yeah. Logic, next logical fallacy: hasty generalization. Hasty generalizations. Kind. I don't have time. Are general yeah. statements without sufficient evidence to support them? I got places to be. Wheel yeah. of Fortune's <laughs> coming in twenty minutes. I mean, again, which I have to say, um, everyone who goes to Princeton sucks and is evil, and uh, you know, should be done away with. Yeah. I mean, I'm, this is my first. I've been here for about an hour now, and I got to say, uh, this school sucks, and I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, big time. Moving on. Done. R- the red herring. A red herring is a distraction from the argument, typically with some sentiment that seems to be relevant, but isn't really on topic. That's good. You want to distract your opponent because that throws them off guard. You throw a fish at them and they like point at it and you say, hey, what's that? And that just fucks their whole day up. Or you could throw a smoke bomb and make a hasty getaway. Just remember, it doesn't have to be a herring. It can be basically any fish you can get your hands on, just so long as you throw it at them in the middle of the debate. I mean, again, like to, to this point that we're talking about, about logical fallacies and this one in particular, I'd just like to say a uh, ballad of Buster Scruggs truly was a masterpiece of the Coen brothers. I was actually amazed that they turned in something that perfect because I was like sort of had my expectations lowered because it was on Netflix. But again, moving on to uh, that a fallacy? F- the two quack, two quack fallacy, yeah. Latin for you too is also called the appeal to hypocrisy because it distracts the argument by pointing out hypocrisy in the opponent. Well, again, if you can't point out hypocrisy in your opponent, what's the point of having an argument? Everyone's a hypocrite. Yeah, that's how you win an argument, by pointing out that you're, you're a hypocrite. You However, don't even believe what you're saying. Fuck you. The one, uh, foul, the, one, the one time this actually is true is if you're ever debating someone who is, like, let's say, you know, on the left or arguing from a socialist perspective, it actually, you cannot point out that they're hypocrites for earning a lot of money by doing it. Yes. That is yeah. the one actual debate point that is not allowed. That's not allowed. That's not allowed. Let's just emphasize that. Let's just, I need to be 100% clear on that. That is a pure fallacy. 
that is an absurdio, sir. Yeah, that that's a but that's a and bunch you, of you, Latin you, words. You reveal your own ignorance, sir. That, yeah, that that yeah, that's a veni vidi vici. And finally, it's a caveat emptor. <laughs> finally, the causal fallacy. The causal fallacy is any logical breakdown when identifying a cause. You can think of the causal fallacy as a parent category for several different fallacies about unproven causes. I mean, I don't even understand that's, that one. I, yeah, just, I don't know. The only thing I know for there. certain is the guy who wrote it is a huge dork <laughs> yeah. that no one should listen to. Resolved. The motion passes. This trap house believes that logical fallacies are, in fact, good and a vital weapon in the arsenal of any aspiring intellectual warrior. Absolutely. And the, another reason we thought that is because when we came here today, uh, our, our, our hosts handily hand, helpfully gave us you guys your little form here for how to do your debates and it has in here a bunch of the former debates that you guys have had in the last couple of years and looking at it it really reminds you why debate stupid because these aren't debatable they're all 100 it's like we don't have to wonder like let's go through okay these. let's yeah, go yeah, i mean th- yeah this is this is this is this is motion two. Point two resolution. in our resolution that uh, debate is pointless right. and for nerds. Because these are debatable okay. points. Okay. First, uh, examples of past Senate debate topics. This House would recognize North Korea's nuclear program. Again, obviously, obviously. we would recognize their nuclear program. So upholding the Juche ideal is undebatable. It I is mean, the perfect system of thought and government. What kind of moron is going to say that the eternal wisdom of the Kims needs to not be powered by a nuclear arsenal? Also, in, I, the, in, a, in, the, in a fast-paced world with capitalist running dogs everywhere and revisionists, you need nuclear weapons to maintain your experiment in power. Also, I recognize it. There's a bomb and there's like an atom on it. It's like, <laughs> oh, does nuclear program. He obvious. I'd like to add an addendum to this motion that not only will I recognize North Korea in this nuclear program, I will give nuclear weapons to Iran. Pass. Boom. Done. Done. Easy. Not a debate. Once again. The world would genuinely be a better place if they had an arsenal of nuclear weapons because it's basically the only thing that will prevent half of the assholes that went to this fucking school from starting a war with them in the next couple of years. Yeah. Once again. Easy. Uh, next. This is great because this is a session. This is an official session of the Weekly Esophic Society, and we're just fixing all their messes. And this is yeah, you guys spent so minutes. much time arguing over this shit, and it's so easy. Next, right. this house would not have restructured the Daily Princetonian editorial board. Again, don't know anything about this. The board is restructured. I mean, who are these people, Boom, folks? Done. Restructure them. Yeah. Uh, get rid of all the op-eds. Put in some Garfield, some Andy Camp, Marmaduke. Yeah. Just, yeah, restructured, streamlined. No one wants to, you know, read about, like, you know, oh, should the dining hall, you know, serve, uh, you know, uh, bon mis. Don't care. Just the family circle. Let's get a Ken Ken in there. Let's have let's have Pusheen on every page of the Daily Princetonian. Done. Done. Easy. We're pegging these out. It says you take like two hours to do this shit. It's been five minutes and we're already through two of them. Let's go through them. It's it's lightning round here. Uh, This house would change the honor code. Again, don't know anything about it. (laughs) Honor code over. I hate honor codes. Honor codes are stupid. What are you doing? You're college students. You're not on a nuclear submarine. Who gives a shit? (laughs) 
again, when I hear honor code, I just think of some Vichy student government of some ass kisser. Again, who's going to go on uh, some fucking ass kisser who's like your RA and they're going to go on to be some congressperson's intern. And then after that, something worse who's going to get you in trouble for like smoking weed or drinking or something like that. And I'm like, yo, if you're in college and you're not smoking weed, dishonor, sir. (laughs) Expelled. Yeah. We don't need to give any more weapons to fucking Greg Marmalard to this school to fucking annoy people with. Yeah, Next, well, you see this, people love it. It's done. It's so easy. Look at this. Well, then the, we're this, crushing it. This is uh, now the, these next ones are really getting into like our territory. This is really our right. bread and butter here. This next one almost should have been written for us. This house believes the left should not engage in violent discourse. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> not debatable. Dismiss that. Uh, every, violent discourse is fucking great. It's right. awesome. Rules. You got to be careful when you do it on, uh, you know, Twitter or social media or Twitch. Yikes! Yeah, or Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, I mean, there are ways around it. Like you can't say I'm going to kill this person. You just say it would be funny if they died. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah. How would you? How do you debate that? You can't. That's it's it. entertaining. It's enjoyable. It gives you, and you have to be creative to avoid going to jail. It's great. If you ban people from saying that, you have to ban people from saying stuff like, uh, I think Mork and Mindy is an entertaining program. Next. This house regrets sanctuary cities. What did you do? Why why do you regret it? What are you regretting? I mean, how is this emotion? This house uh, resolves to sit in the den holding a brandy snifter and wistfully looking out the window and regretting sanctuary cities. Yeah, this is like a sanctuary city is like a real thing. It's not an awkward past you made at a girl in high school that still haunts you to this day. What's all this fucking regret? But... No regrets. That, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no regrets. regrets. Let's resolve it. Yeah, no regrets. Yeah. No all regrets. our losses were lessons, baby. <laughs> this year is practice. Next year is playoffs. Next... Uh, I'd like to say, actually, my own personal resolution that we're passing right now. Not only should every city in America be a sanctuary city, but the village's retirement community in Florida specifically should be a sanctuary retirement community. Easy. Okay, these next two are doozies. This house believes that unified Republican leadership has been positive for the United States. Huh. That's a tough one. We might Woo! have to take a minute on this one. Oh, let me work Woo! Someone get me a blackboard. Yeah, we need to, we need to get the two quokies ready here because this is going to take a while. Yeah, I'm gonna not. Need, I'm going to need a lot of charts and graphs to figure this one out. Uh, Obviously, it's been overwhelmingly negative for not just America but the rest of the world. Let's go even further. Let's pass this motion. Anyone who's still voting Republican should have their franchise removed because they are swine unfit for living in civil society. Yes. Done. 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 Think about that. We're Easy. solving problems God. just like this is like an auction right it's now. It's amazing. Can I get can I get restrict the franchise for Republican voters? Can I get execution for Republican political literacy? Going once, going base, pass. There we go. We're using violent rhetoric. We're threatening political leaders of death. I think the uh, entire CIA Langley building should be made into a parking lot. Uh, should be abolished tomorrow. Um, yeah, let's keep it going. Finally. This House believes Republicans should maintain control of Congress after the 2016 elections. Again, no point in debating that one. You got what you wished for. Done. Yeah, they do, and uh, it's going to be great. 
Yeah. But, are, it's you, bad. Are you reading this incorrectly? They lost the house. You're aware of that. You keep thinking. Oh, they lost the house. Yeah. Right. No, no, that's yeah. 20, that was 2016. Yeah. Matt. This was an old one. It's oh. That was the old one. Yeah. Well, we already gaveled it. So. I mean, you're, you're doing, you're doing the, you're, you're pointing out that like I'm wrong on a factual matter. Oh, shit. And that I've like officially misinterpreted. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, oh, what's in front of me or like oh, basic no. facts about the world oh, or no. at large around me or like who's the president or how our government works while you know these people are here to listen to what I have to say logical fallacy you're done oh, you God. blew it I'm very sorry it's the pointing out your opponent is wrong about something fallacy I'm very not very allowed. sorry I'm that's, very that's sorry feelings not facts yeah I'm very sorry guys won't let it happen again so we would now like to go into our Topics for debate. Oh, really quick, one, re- one more thing. Really quick, we should go over the proper decorum. Right. Attendees, whether in the audience or formal speakers, are also free to pound the arms of their chairs in support of a point or hiss in opposition to a point. Can we can we rehearse that right now? Let's get some let's get some armchairs going. Let's hear that? Okay. All right. Uh, let's get some like, hisses going. In I, the I, chat. I, I'm Ted Cruz, everybody. Okay. There okay. we go. Very good. Very good. We're free to do way more than that, but Very just good. us. And uh, if you really like something, feel free to go woo, 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 woo. So I have prepared uh, some topics for debate that Matt and Virgil will be our combatants. I will be the moderator. You may have seen these gentlemen debate each other one time before on a stage about the t- question of whether video games are good or harmful to society. We all, we all remember how that debate turned out. We I all remember it. who won it. Me? Okay, I won, yeah. I won that. Won the That's been resolved. The, the person, <laughs> the person the who won that debate, was very, it's me. clear. It's been resolved. It's over. That was me. I sent an email to everyone to inform them. So, Matt and Virgil will once again, for your entertainment and personal edification, engage in a joust of rationality, logic, wit, and intellectual vigor. On topics that I have prepared for them. Uh, let me just say to my interlocutor, welcome to hell, bitch. <laughs> Virgil gets plus one point in this debate for like a really sick opening line. <laughs> that like is just like, that's like badass, dude. That's like already racking them up. Uh, you could be like, hey, Virgil, remember when I said I would lose this debate to you? I lied. <laughs> that's a good one. Done. All right. That Always very look cool. bad, though, means he goes back on his word. That's a fallacy. <laughs> You look weak, flip-flopping. Okay, first topic. This trap house resolves that debate and debating societies are a waste of time. Uh, Matt has elected to go first, and he will take the, uh, the pro side of this debate. We're all going to die relatively soon in any kind of meaningful scale i mean not even galactically just you know like a tree uh and then this we're dead forever uh this is a horrifying thought that we all have to grapple with but one of the real implications of it is that we do have an obligation to ourselves to spend the time we have on this earth as as fruitfully as possible to try to develop ourselves as individuals spiritually intellectually emotionally uh, to pursue things that we find rewarding, to try to make the world a better place. And nowhere in that is there any time to dick around with bullshit nerd debate. It's boring. It's essentially public masturbation. Uh, and it doesn't change anyone's mind. It basically just gets people into fancy colleges where they can then learn to become war criminals. So fuck off. Debate. 
Boring. Don't do it. Okay, uh, Virgil, you'll have a, a minute for your rebuttal. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, no, Virgil, you're here. You're here to. You're here to debate. You have to like this. This is a con. You have to take. You have to take. You have to stand against this resolution. I, I agree with the resolution. I, I, so you're I saying think, he can? He convinced you. I mean, I. I mean, I disagree. I, I think we we solved this one. We worked it out together. No, but you have to like. You have to, you have to argue like. I don't. I don't really want to argue right now. We, I mean, <laughs> we can argue later if you want, but we're in public right now. You know, let's let's say we solved it together. Feel good about that. Fucking idiot. <laughs> okay. uh, that's a point for me, I would say. Hit that gavel. Yes. Yeah, that one, that one. More of a point for both of us because we agree. <laughs> we were both no, right. no, no, you don't get a point. You have to, you can't just agree with him and get a, a point. Okay. You right. have to defeat him. There's one point him, to go around, he, buddy. He has defeated you because you, he is, you have agreed with him. But I'm giving a Virgil point as well. Oh, okay. You're right. All right. God okay. damn it. Okay, so it's 1-1, one, one, Matt Virgil. All right. <sighs> okay. Point, uh, debate topic number two. This trap house resolves. This is a topic that's been in the news recently. This trap house resolves that wasps, better known as white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, are genetically predisposed to being our benevolent ruling class, and it would be better if they stayed as such. Uh, uh, Matt, you, uh, you will be <laughs> you will be arguing uh, for this move, this right. resolution, and I will take the con. Yes. Okay. Governing is very difficult. As the government, the, the world is more complex than it's ever been. Uh, the, the, the mechanisms of economics and, and uh, culture and, and government are, are these vastly spinning wheels that very few people have the, the focus and attention to really grasp. Certainly people who grew up normally, uh, you know, raised by regular human parents in normal homes. In order to really grasp at the nettle of power, it's much better to have been birthed in one of the subterranean chambers underneath Hartford, Connecticut, and to, after an eldritch ritual, r- open your, the nicturating clear film over your eyes and survey what everyone from your nanny that one day you will murder out of boredom to the other nanny who you will also murder later out of boredom uh, to the third nanny who you will leave alive also out of getting bored from murdering the other nannies. And then later your mother, when she sends you an email that your job is to rule the world. None of us can really claim that kind of experience, that kind of bone deep from the, the, the birth from birth understanding of what it takes to deal with the incredible complexities of the world. I'd also like to say, uh, white wine every day. Good as heck. Makes you a good, better leader and a better person. Yeah. Tennis. That's the best sport. I'd just like to say... Boating. Uh, Felix, that teaches you leadership. Felix said yesterday that uh, all wasps are just like Brian Singer with thinner lips. <laughs> yeah. That's it. By the way, doing, doing uh, you know, uh, Pizzagate shit also requires a lot of preparation and, and coordinating that also helps you in government. Yeah, no, we're, of course, we're making fun of the Ross Douthat column about how, like, yeah. you know... We're uh, all miss, we all miss we the all, wasps. We all miss the wasps. We miss the wasps. As represented by, you know, George H.W. Bush yeah. and whatnot. And I just yeah, it's true, because, like, crack has not been as good <laughs> since the 1980s. But, uh, yeah, another important part about being a wasp and entering the ruling class is being molested by a much older man on yeah. a yacht. Yes. So that's also a very important stepping stone to leadership. It's and it's just, why right. they have a sense of like benevolence. Noblesse oblige. Yeah, noblesse oblige. And that like, yes, 
they have more power and wealth than God yeah. and are essentially born to rule, but they also care. Exactly. And they know what's best for you. They uh, work the steps, and that I give them credit for that. Okay, sorry. Oh, sorry. I, a bit of a digression there. You know, we're talking about my people, so I have to, you know, chime in here. But uh, Virgil, you must now, you have a minute to rebut that wasps are a benevolent ruling class and should remain as such. Um, sure. No, I, I, he, he convinced me while he was God making damn it. arguments. They were good arguments, and uh, I, yeah, I think he, he, uh, I think he made the good points. God damn it, dude. Yeah. We talked about this beforehand. We, we talked about this. Can I be on Matt's side? That's not how it works. The whole point well, of this... Well, you, you, we you were right. You made good arguments. God so damn I'd it. I'd like to be on that side, please. You're not going to... I <sighs> motion to be on the side that wins the debate, please. <sighs> motion passed. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Motion All passed. Right. It's, now, it's now still tied at 2-2. I am doing great. Okay, but... Okay, th- th- this next one, I'm going to insist, Virgil, that you go first because <laughs> you must actually like advance an argument here i mean this is the point of debate you you can't just you know be bowled over that easily or just like you know like okay all right you know wide-eyed oh yeah i agree i like everything oh oh, matt's being all all the horrible things that matt is saying i agree with them yeah okay they're that horrible but okay this trap house resolves that george hw bush is in hell right now Sort of connected to that last point of debate. What side am I doing? You're supposed to argue that George H.W. Bush, our 41st president, recently passed, has departed this mortal plane, and his soul yeah. is being roasted in Hades at the moment. So I'm pro. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're arguing for this. Let's see. Right here. Uh, let's see here. George H.W. Bush, president, son of Prescott Bush, father of... Another man, also with the name George W. Bush, but no H. Curious, could Matt go first for this one? Actually, no. You, you, you just keep you just keep going. I, you, you've almost got it. Just keep going. You're almost making an I, argument. I would be. It seems you're like almost it makes making more an argument that he goes first. because you know, that's just how we've been doing it. That's just like the debate. No, I, but I, I'm moderating. Dude, I, I have the gavel. I'm wearing. Uh, I'm wearing this robe here. Uh, peeled a robe. I see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you're, I'm right. appealing to my authority, and you have to, like, try to advance an argument okay, here. Okay. The okay. argument you're making is that George H.W. Bush is in hell okay. at this very moment and will be there for eternity. Okay. Hell, lake of fire, eternal damnation. Can I have five minutes to talk to Matt? About what? Something else. <laughs> Just do, keep going. Okay. All right. You've, you've, you've said who George H.W. Bush is. Yes. You said well, who his I father want is. I to be on the same page And his on son that is. One. And you've just yes, described uh, hell. Let's see. Okay. Yes. Can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> With Matt. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's one back there. Motion passes. Uh, Matt, George H.W. Bush is in hell right now. I, and I'm, not, I'm no, right? Yes. No, okay. you are arguing against right. this statement. Okay. Well, I have to... Sp- begin by by stipulation that I hope we can all in this room agree with, which is that the way to get to heaven is to stack the corpses of your victims in a ziggurat of blood until you reach the exalted plane, at which point all of your victims rise up and become your eternal slaves. And I don't think there's any argument that George H.W. Bush has a high enough body count 
that he was able to get up into the top rungs. Like the the really the good heaven, not just heaven, like the really the extra exclusive one, like like the like the VIP lounge. Like for most people, heaven is like a sandals resort, but for George H W, it's like St. Bart's. Exactly. Know? Yes. Like, yeah. Like what? Like, like a private island. I would like to rebut that. You have uh, you you now have um, negative ten seconds to rebut. Very well. Does you're the, done. Does the Bible not say, "Don't cheat on your wife"? Does it not say that? Of course, it says that. And if you do cheat on your wife, especially one as famously beautiful as Barbara Pierce Bush, you will go to hell. Did he cheat on Barbara? Yes. With who? Uh, someone as beautiful as her. <laughs> Another beautiful woman. Meryl Streep. Yeah. No, he did cheat on her a lot. That's science. Yeah. That's science? That's yeah. facts? Science. No, that's yeah. fact. Ah. He was a horny I have volleyed the debate back to you. Actually, there's a uh, there's a story about that because he went to Yale and he was in Skull and Bones where he jacked off in the coffin. With cheated Ger- on her with Geronimo's fucking skull. Yeah, but they that but every class at Skull and Bones named one gave a nickname to one of their members and it was Mammon, normal guys, uh, and Mammon was the nickname for the horniest guy in Skull and Bones. So and he was and Mammon. He achieved the t- yes. title of Mammon. Yeah, motion that he's in heaven passes. <laughs> Yo, he's fucking every day out there. He's laying strong pipe all the time um, with uh, Meryl Streep. Yeah. Even though she's still alive, you know, I'm just saying they were lovers. Yeah. But don't you ever see the movie Ghost? Motion that the moderator has seen the movie Ghost passes. Mm. However, by appealing to thou shalt not commit adultery, Virgil has made a bulletproof argument that George H.W. Bush is in hell. Ah. There you go. Matt was, of course, appealing to the less canonical than the Bible Zodiac Killer letters, which said that his victims would be his slaves for eternity in the afterlife. So I'm going to go with the Old Testament Bible and Ten Commandments as a more authoritative source on the afterlife than the Zodiac Killer. Ooh. Fine. Ah. It's now 3-2 version. Ah. <laughs> believe what you want to believe. Ah, the spider has fallen into the spider's web. <laughs> The, the better spider is me. <laughs> okay, next topic for debate. This trap house resolves that recently created Philadelphia Flyers mascot and reappropriated Antifa left-wing icon of resistance. Gritty actually sucks shit and is lame. <laughs> this, we found, we've... <laughs> I will hey, take. Hey, we don't. We, oh, these other debate questions are about like it's good that Republicans have taken over the world. You know, these are controversial things that we're going for here. You know, free speech. Okay, this is a free speech campus. You cannot uh, criticize my free speech or hiss at it. I yeah. would like to. And take I, the, I'm not saying I believe this. I'm just saying this is a topic for debate. I would like to take the con. Okay, he doesn't suck. Yes, okay, I will Matt, take the Matt pro, will argue he that he does suck. He sucks. Uh, he's for it's for children. What are you doing? It's it's a, it's like you're an adult. Why do, you, why, do you have, why do you have why do you have an imaginary friend? Basically, yeah, grow up. That's my argument. Uh, we have a lot of support in this room right now for gritty, or as I like to call him, Harry Potter for rose emoji people. Virgil, would you like to take the opposing side of oh, this argument? Certainly, give it give it to me. Give me the thing. You're arguing that gritty is in fact good. Yeah, and awesome. And Wait, cool. I, I get, I, there's like a, a bill or something I get right, like a ticket. Like you punch it 
and yeah, if you like, if you win like five more debates points, you'll get a free fucking latte, Virgil. Okay. Ooh, I'll punch your card, but you are arguing now. Yes, yes. You are arguing for gritty as a reappropriated icon of resistance. I'm, I'm arguing con on the resolution that gritty sucks. Yes, exactly. And when gritty first emerged, I'll admit I was confused. Why was everyone suddenly posting photographs of this curvaceous orange creature? This beautiful <laughs> sex pod with its hair so soft that these tangles you could just get lost in and these those big eyes and then that tongue. Oh god. And, you know, I spent a lot of time looking up photographs of Gritty, you know, often uh, going into the deep web to, to find more of the Gritty content. And it occurred to me that, you know, we, we all wanted to have sex with this, with this proletarian hero, this... <laughs> Modern day, this 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 modern day, you know, this, this strong and just, but also loving <laughs> creature. And oh wow, I could show you some photos. Is that allowed under the rules of debate? Can I just look at them? I'll, yeah, I'll keep my. Phone yeah, you can, I'll, you, you, I'll show you some. You can look at some pictures of Gritty right now if you want. But motion, Gritty wood. Passes. <laughs> four, four two Virgil. Matt, you got to step it up here. You know, Matt, like Virgil really, he pulled the rug out from underneath you by agreeing with the first two topics and then winning points along with you. Because if you win by advancing a case and he agrees with you, he also gets the point. Because, like, you both are advancing the winning argument. Of course, you morons don't realize, honestly, shouldn't tell you this, but there's no way you can stop me now. We're too deep into it that. Since we've already resolved that debates are lame and stupid, me losing means that I actually won. Passed. Cannot argue with that logic. Okay, now, of course, the true marks, the true mark of a great debatesman. A master debater. Is a, a master debater. Is that you can personally argue and win a debate arguing for something that you personally are vehemently opposed to. Mm-hmm. So I'd now like to put these guys to the test and put Virgil to the test specifically with this, this trap house resolves to buy the book, buy the book. It's being sold in the back right now. It's our book Buy the book. I'll take the pro of course. No, no Virgil. You must argue against buying the book. You must advance a winning case to convince these fine people in the audience. You're not to buy the book. Matt is going to go first and make the argument that you should buy the book. Yeah, it's it's great. It's got uh, pictures in it. Uh, there's penises for some reason. Uh, that wasn't my decision. Uh, it's printed on medium grade stock. Um, it's got a hard cover, which is durable. Uh, and there's content in there that we all enjoy. So yeah, go get it. Facts. It's also it's also a good gift because it's coming up the holiday season and. If you don't want to think anymore about your relatives, it's very easy to just buy a bunch of the books and give them to them, uh, either as an affectionate, actual, you know, uh, pay on to their, value, the, to their pr- preferences, or as a troll. And troll gifts are really underrated, and I would recommend more of them. So, uh, Virgil, you must now argue, don't buy the book. Oh, excuse me. 
That was the debate clock. Uh, don't <laughs> buy the book. Yes. Well, uh, boy, they look so nice over there. Uh, they sure have a lot that yeah, I'm sure these booksellers want to want to get rid of. But uh, well, the you know the books only got about 300 pages of content in it. That's certainly get a better bang for your buck with certain longer tomes such as the dictionary, a particularly <laughs> long one. Uh, also, it seems uh, a bit capitalist to sell a book for money when you could otherwise uh, get it on a, a torrent website of some kinds, which you should do, as I'm arguing here, as opposed to buying the book. Uh, there are other books that are of higher quality, perhaps. There's I read one the other month about an alien who comes to this planet and is sort of vexed by everything but <laughs> ends up making friends with a bumblebee. Uh, and uh, let's face it, reading, reading sucks. It's a waste of time. It's boring. It takes too long. You can't look at other cool stuff like pictures of the beautiful gritty. It's easier to just not read. There's nothing you can get in a book that you can't get on a podcast. So I would have to say, in closing, those books are for sale over there. <laughs> do not buy them. I'm going to judge, you know, buy the book, don't buy the book. It's really up to you. But definitely buy that book by the confused alien that was written with Lin-Manuel Miranda. That's like a bunch of like sort of nursery rhymes for adults about how it's good to like like yourself and drink water. Yeah. And you can yeah. just sort of like... Read one of those every day when you get up and just sort of go, way better. Yeah. Okay, next one. This is another topical one. This trap house resolves that Laura Loomer must get her Twitter account back. She must be reinstated and allowed to have her Twitter. I will, I will take the pro on that if you'll have me. Let's go. Let's hear it. <sighs> you know, when Laura Loomer was banned, I originally thought this was a good thing because obviously social media has broken the mind of this person who was already unhinged to begin with, made her believe that she was a journalist of some sort, uh, and as well uh, somehow made thousands of people also believe that when her journalistic output was solely videos of her getting thrown out of events while screaming. Uh, she, when she would say, you know, I did some journalism at Arby's last week when they hustled me out of there for videotaping the men's room. But then I saw her, what, what, then, then I saw what she did after she was banned. I saw probably the most selfless and brave act since, um, I don't know, when was the Iraq War? <laughs> 2003 till ongoing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, since like then. Whatever. And I, you, I believe you wanted to mention something about what, what happened there that, that I, my point is based on. Well, we all know like this was like, you know, during the height of the Vietnam War, a Quaker drove to the Pentagon parking lot right outside of Robert McNamara's office. You could basically see him from his office, then Secretary of Defense. He stood on a parking divider, a concrete barrier, unveiled a can of gasoline. He had an infant child with him that he put aside, doused himself with gasoline, and torched himself in front of the Pentagon to protest the Vietnam War. Robert McNamara was in a meeting and saw this happen. Laura Loomer did something equally selfless and brave. 
last week by handcuffing herself to the doors of Twitter's New York office in an attempt to get them to, like, as she said, when asked by a police officer, what do you want? She said, I want my Twitter back. And I would just like to give a special shout out to Catherine Krieger, who's in the audience tonight, who also selflessly and bravely did journalism herself by asking Laura Loomer why she didn't handcuff herself to both doors, which would actually block people from coming in and out of the Twitter building, because she was just sort of standing there handcuffed to one door, and people were just going be like, yeah. Ms. Loomer, hello, hi, hi. <laughs> just sort of nodding like you do to the security guard when you go into your office every morning. Laura, hello, hi. Long weekend, how you doing? Yeah. She's like, we love you, watch the game, and uh, Twitter is uh, killing Jews and doing Sharia law. And uh, Catherine actually stumped her because she like stopped in the middle of her rant about how you know Jack is silencing a brave Jewish woman and her fight against Sharia law. And she paused for a second and said, it would be a fire code violation to do that. And I like that because she was in the middle of ranting about how Twitter is starting a new Holocaust, but you wouldn't want to violate the fire code, now would you? And that is exactly why Ms. Loomer deserves to have her Twitter account back. Fire safety. She <laughs> needs to be able to spread the gospel of not blocking... Of maximum entrance, occupancy and things like that. Not blocking yeah. entrances, egresses. <laughs> uh, that's simply it. Lives are at stake. Matt, Laura Loomer should not have her Twitter reinstated. No. Uh, and it's not because of any argument about you know, how it's a safe space that we need to maintain against Laura Loomer because, you know, as, as people go, she wasn't the worst one on the Internet, certainly, but uh, her memes were pretty funny. I mean, the one where she's wearing, holding a machine gun and it says Defender of Israel, that one's pretty good. Uh, I think, honestly, the main reason that she should not get her Twitter account back is because get, having it revoked is what has created her greatest performance and her greatest potential uh, contribution to society because people paid attention to her uh, handcuffing herself to Twitter in a way they never did to her tweets. And this gives her the chance if she is not given the distraction of just tweeting into the, into the ether, she could go around sort of in a John, uh, John or, uh, David Carradine and Kung Fu way around the country or like the Incredible Hulk, I think, would be the better uh, comparison. Going into towns where there's some sort of injustice happening, like an evil landowner or, or there's corrupt a corrupt There's a corrupt Antifa sheriff. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Kind of like the A-team used to do. <laughs> exactly. You know, there, there's, there's, uh, there's some uh, mean old uh, uh, union boss who, who's uh, collecting everyone's uh, dues and, and, and not doing anything, and she can just go around cuffing herself to buildings all across the country. And in doing that, could, uh, could make this country great. And I think that that's going to have more effect than just tweeting. This one's really tough. I, 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 I have, I have a, a, rebuttal? a brief rebuttal there. Okay, uh, there is nothing more important than posting, and posting is the only politics that you can do. Um, I'm going to say Laura Loomer should get her Twitter back because when that cop asked her what she wanted and she said, I want my Twitter, I really felt that and sympathized with it. And I don't want to see anyone's Twitter taken away because I think posting is a fundamental human right. And even those whose views we may find repellent, I think it's important that we also read their posts and make fun of them, but not threaten to kill them. Merely say it would be funny if they died while doing Twitter. 
which I'm not saying about Laura Loomer. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. So I won that one? Uh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I keep racking up wins <laughs> over here. Okay, as I said, I have put Virgil in a situation where he must argue against something that he vehemently believes in, a.k.a. buying the book. Mm. Matt must now argue for something. He must argue for something that he is wholly, spiritually, with every fiber of his being opposed to. This trap house resolves. Bojack the Depressed Horse is a good show and one of the finest TV comedies of all time. Matt, you are arguing for this resolution. Uh, uh, give me a second. The Depressed Horse. What if a horse was sad? What if he was like a man and he had the problems of a man? But he was also a horse. Oh, fallacy. He's just repeating a thing. I'm just trying to get my head around this thing. And I'm trying to put my head in the space of someone who would look at that and say, that's good. People have a right to see representation in media of the specific zoological fetishes that they might harbor uh, and which they cannot see ref- reflected anywhere else. Because, you know, for most people who have regular fetishes, they can find them pretty easily, uh, and they can find sort of mainstream entertainments that will allow them to, you know, create fl- f- flights of fancy. Uh, but if you have a real desire to be sexually aroused by the concept of a horse having sex with a cat, you don't have a lot of options. And thankfully, right now, on Netflix, there are something like, what, 60 hours of programming or something like that involving all manners of humanoid animals in different sexual configurations. Cat on horse, human on dog, dog on cat, I think, octopuses probably, and... I think for a, a, a population in this country who, who have a hard time, uh, you know, finding pleasures because they're not going to run into a horseman in real life anytime soon, that, that, the, that, the, that, the, that the fantasy spectacle of the, of the, ho- the sad horse uh, is, is a good outlet for them. Okay. Virgil, your rebuttal. Bojack Sad Man is a bad show. Now I'm just saying this for the point of doing a debate. That's why I'm saying Oh, wait, you think these people haven't got that fucking point already, Virgil? (laughs) Fucking dunce. That's some good ad hominem, buddy. (laughs) A lot of ad hominems coming from this direction, but that's okay. I fight pretty well when I'm on the ropes. Well, uh, let's start with the satire of the show. It's never particularly incisive. It's all very surface-level stuff about... The entertainment industry being exploitative, politics and media being trifling. Uh, It's really sort of just a very basic, simple comedy that's not really laugh-out-loud funny, so doesn't really do enough to justify itself. Todd is a ripoff of the son from American Dad, (laughs) and a useless character. None of his plot lines are very good. And, you know... Who it's about a horse in the entertainment industry. The whole premise of it is so convoluted as to be useless to all but a handful of people. The people, as I said, 
who require sexual satisfaction from their cartoons on Netflix. Well, there are other ways to get sexual satisfaction from the idea of a cartoon horse voiced by Will Arnett and a, a cartoon cat uh, uh, voiced by Amy Sedaris uh, making love. For example, <laughs> like a citation. Uh, that. For example, your imagination. <laughs> Number two, are you familiar with deep fakes? That's a thi- that's a thing that's happening now. You may have read about that in the New Yorker or New York Magazine or the New York Times. Uh, I, I, yeah, but I think everyone in this country deserves a a well produced thing to jack off to. Not they shouldn't have to go into the dark web. How well produced is it? It's basically it's barely one step up from paper cut animation. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. I submit that. We can have an even more erotic animal show than BoJack Horseman. No, fuck that. I submit we deserve one. Virgil, you've already said that about that Zootopia movie. <laughs> there you go. Zootopia. Why, have, why hasn't there been a TV show yet? Well, I can answer that question. It's because they need to work out some plot stuff in the sequel, and they don't want to screw with the canon just yet. <laughs> this one's tough, but I got to say... The motion passes that First Reformed is the best movie of the year. Coming hot on its heels is Mandy, Buster Scruggs, and in a surprising runner-up spot, Eighth Grade, directed by Bo Burnham. If you haven't seen that movie, check it out. It, it touched me. It moved me, honestly, genuinely. It's about an eighth-grade girl in her last week of school before entering high school and about just sort of the painful, awkward loneliness of adolescence that is captured in a really funny and uh, kind of heartbreaking way. I really enjoyed it. Eighth grade, everybody. Final, final debate topic for the night, and I think this one will wrap us up and take us out for the evening. This trap house resolves that Princeton University should be destroyed, preferably tonight after you leave Wig Hall. By hook, by crook, by fire, bomb, knife, or gun, I would like to salt take, the earth and get rid of this evil institution. Your your majesty, I would like to take the position that the sea should rise up and consume Princeton. Matt, how would you like to see Princeton destroyed? Uh, I would rather it not be destroyed. Uh, these these buildings have history to them. They're they're spooky. They're cool. I I would prefer it be turned into sort of a medieval times themed uh, like restaurant slash theme park. I'm going to say it's tough as much as I would like to see it destroyed, at least, you know, what it stands for and many of the people who have graduated from here. However, there is a great danger in that, like, if you destroy, like like you said, many of these old haunted buildings, it will release all of the ghosts inside them or potentially like if the, you know, the black obelisk or whatever, if that thing gets fucked with, then the portal opens up. No, 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 no. And then, you know, then, then it's like then the broader... New York, New Jersey, tri-state area, and indeed the universe itself could be imperiled by no, 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 the no. other that's side. Ri- that's ridiculous. Nobody here is seriously arguing that we're just going to destroy it without first conducting the at- atropaic rituals necessary to expunge this area of the dark spirits. Yeah, I mean, if that anything, is sort of assumed. If anything, Mr. Christman's point is is ridiculous and far more dangerous to the fine people of central New Jersey because he would leave these buildings here and these ghosts here unwarded for any future generation of national security deep state psycho wonk to come in and re-inhabit this land. How are they going to re-inhabit it? It's going to basically be a giant renaissance fair. 
and we'll have, I mean, there'll be staff and obviously some of them are going to be summoners who have the requisite skills to keep the portal closed and to keep the spirits quiet. I mean, duh, you don't create a, a medieval theme park out of, a, out of a decommissioned Ivy League school without getting some seers. Yeah, and who's paying for these seers? The taxpayer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't think we're going to solve this one tonight. I've lost track of who's winning this debate, and frankly, I don't care. Because the audience won this debate tonight. Damn it. And Fuck. I would like to close this evening's proceeding Fuck, that in the bag. as all Whig Sophical Society and Princeton Debate Societies do by everyone standing up. If we could just all stand, you must do as I say. I have a robe. We got to stand, turn to the portrait of Woodrow Wilson and contribute to Wilson, everybody. Contributes to Woodrow, everybody. We love you. We love you, Princeton. Uh, yeah, uh, you've been debated, folks. You've been debated. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll be hanging out later in um, uh, Geronimo's coffin, doing more of this stuff. We are Chapo Trap House. Thank you so much for debating us. 